good place right there to worship. Hallelujah. Invite a man, 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 invite a man. You're the king, you're the queen, you're the king. You're the king, and we invite you to come in. That's a good place. That's a good place to worship. That's a good place to worship. That's a good place to worship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This tabernacle. Come on, let's just sing this just a little bit more. I love it. You're the king. 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 Yeah, you're invited. You're invited. You're invited. You are omnipresent, just like you are right now in the building. You're right wherever we are, in our kitchens, in our living rooms, in our bedrooms, in our cars. You're right where we are, and we invite you in to this, the life of this broken vessel. We invite you in to take up occupancy, to take up space. Hallelujah. right there. That's a good place to give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, welcome to the Hope Well Experience. Hope at home. Hope well everywhere. We are so glad that you have tuned in today. Yes, we are. We're so glad that you have tuned in today. If you have not already, go ahead and share this. Go ahead and tag somebody else in it so that they can be blessed by this word that's getting ready to come forth and this dynamic, wor dynamic worship atmosphere experience that has already taken place. I know I won't be able to hear you, but can, but can you help me praise God for the gift of Minister Sharia Ali? Can you help me praise God? Amen. What a voice. What a voice. What a voice. God bless you, ma'am. Thank you so much for being with us today. What a voice. I'm telling you, what a voice. And we thank God for the gift, amen, that lies within her. Listen, grab your Bibles. We're getting ready to go to the Word of God. Um, grab your Bibles. I'm not going to read it just yet, but I want you to go ahead and get it and grab your Bibles and go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 12 is where we're going to be at today. Um, and then just keep your Bibles open, whatever you're not using to watch. Grab your tablet, your actual Bible, your phone, whatever it is, go ahead and grab it um, so that you can be able to uh, follow along with us as we continue in part two of our new series entitled Uncomfortable Finding Comfort in Community. Uncomfortable Finding Comfort in Community. If you were watching last week, you heard me talk about how we are making this shift. We're making a shift um, to doing small groups. That's what we're doing. We're making a shift. Um, part of our vision for 2021 and beyond is, well, is the year that we shift. That this is the year that we are going to shift. I got to make sure I add that F in there so y'all won't say I'm Kurt Franklin Jr. Hey, man. So I got to make sure I put that F in there so that you can get what I'm saying. This is the year um, that we shift as a church. Shift is an acronym for that we're going to be 
socially aware of issues in our community, in our city, in our region. H is what we're dealing with right now is to have a heart for small groups. I is for impacting our community through outreach. F is for a fervent prayer ministry. And, and T is for teaching and training our children and our youth. So I've been, I'm preaching and teaching through the vision so that we can be able to add the word of God to what we're doing. So we're in this series once again entitled Uncomfortable Finding Comfort in Community. Share with you last week how important it is for us to be able to stay connected. If one thing that we have not learned as a church throughout this pandemic is how important it is for the people of God to stay connected. We were so used to having our Sunday morning worship experience where we had our pew crew. We had those that we sat with on our pew. We rolled with them. We shouted with them. We danced with them. But they were the ones that we high-fived doing service and touch your neighbor. All of that great stuff. But then when March 2020 came, we no longer had that. So what do we do in place of not being able to come together in large groups? Here it is. We get together in small groups. We connect together in small groups. I shared with you last week the vision uh, for small groups here at the well. Here it is once again. It's well connected. Doing life together, growing together, praying together, and building relationships together. Let me say it again. Well connected. Doing life together, growing together, praying together, building relationships together. I really want you to get that ingrained in your vocabulary that you would know it just like we know the vision to bring help to our city, restoration to our community, and hope to our world. I want you to be able to shout out loud when we talk about small groups that are here at the well, that we want to be well connected. We want to do life together. We want to grow together. We want to pray together. And we want to build relationships together. Pastor, what do you mean by the fact of growing together? Not just growing in our relationship with God for spiritual transformation and spiritual maturity and development. That's very well and true. But we also want to be able to grow together in life. We want to grow through life together. That's exactly what we want to do. Because in realizing that there are going to be some things that's going to jump off in our life that yes, we got King Jesus as Vicky Wyman says. Yes, we have the whole Holy Spirit living that on the inside of us, but we're going to need some people right there alongside of us to walk with us as we walk through life journey. Life can be something else, and it will throw you some curveballs that you weren't even thinking about or even saw coming, but it's good to know that when you're going through life, you have some people that can be able to grow through life with you, that can be there with you in the storms, be there with you in the rain, that can be able to do what the Bible says they can rejoice with you in times of celebration but they can cry with you in times of mourning all right we don't just want to grow in relationship with God, but we want to grow through life together as a group, as a body, as a team, as a family. And not only do we want to grow, but we want to be able to pray together. You may not believe this or not, but there may come a, there may come a time in your life where you may not have enough strength to be able to pray for yourself. But knowing that you will have some people who will come alongside of you and be your errand and hold up your arms so that you can be able to win the battle that can be able to intercede on your behalf to God that when you don't know what to pray, when you don't want to pray, when you have an attitude with God that you can have a group of people that will stand and intercede on your behalf placing themselves in your shoes as if it was them and go on your behalf to God. It's always good to have some folks that's praying for you and praying with you. 
Not only we want to be able to grow together and pray together, but we want to build relationships together and not just any old type of relationships, but we want to build real, authentic relationships together. Want us to begin to start to know each other beyond the Sunday morning worship experience because the truth of the matter is you can only find out so much about somebody sitting next to them in church for an hour and a half. Yeah, right. And we will limit what God wants to do in that relationship if we just leave it to Sunday. But there has to be another outlet where we can be able to experience life together. There has to be another outlet that we may not always be talking about the Bible, but that we can be able to find a common ground, some common interest that we can be able to build on as we're building our relationship with God. We can use that common ground to build our relationships with each other because once again, I said this last week and it's so worthy of saying again it is not just good enough for us to be spiritually mature but lack relational maturity All right. it's not just good enough and please man please my brother and my sister don't limit yourself to just having an authentic relationship with God but you can't get along with people here on earth All right. it doesn't matter how many what your skill set may be it doesn't matter how many degrees or certifications that you have if you do not have relational maturity going to have a hard time navigating through life because, hey, I know you talk to Jesus and you pray in tongues, but you're going to have to deal with people and talk to people here on earth until you go to glory. And so we need to be able to have a spiritual level, a spiritual growth, spiritual development, but we also need relational maturity. But here's the thing, people of God, in making this shift to small groups and making this adjustment to small groups saying that we're looking to build community with a diverse group of people discovering some sort of common interest that we have with each other and realizing that in order for us to be able to do that it's going to be awkward and uncomfortable I got to be honest we got to be real this morning that if we're used to doing life on our own if we're used to when we were together in corporate worship that we got to church when we got to church and we left church when we wanted to leave church that we came in, we got our worship. We came in, we got our word. We left our ties and offering with the usher um, at the door, but we tiptoed on out. We put up that good old church figure and we were out the gate before service was over. That way we didn't have to deal with nobody at all. It's different now. Because if we're speaking this ship to small group, that means, that means, that means, that means that we're going to have to come out of isolation, that we're going to have to come out of trying to do everything on our own and live a believer's life on our own. Because get this, it was never intended or, but, or designed by God for you and I to walk this thing called life by ourselves. No, it wasn't. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was not intended, nor was it designed by God for you and I to do life by ourselves. He meant for us to be able to do life in community. He meant for us to be able to come alongside of others. That's why he created the church, not just for his glory, but so that we could have a place to be able to come and to connect with like-minded believers to grow in our walk with Christ. All right. I know 
Pastor, I don't know about all of that. I, I, I just do. I love God. I really do love God. I'm going to come to church, Pastor, but I don't know about connecting um, with other people because it's awkward. It's weird. That means, Pastor, you mean to tell me that I may be connected with a person in the small group that I may have had a prior beef with? Yes. Pastor, are you saying that I may have to connect with some people in the small group that I've tried my best? I've been doing it for years, Pastor. I've been avoiding them as much as possible. Whatever end they sat on at the church, I sat on the opposite end. Whatever door they came in, I came through the opposite door. Whatever door they went out of, I went out of the opposite door. Do you mean, Pastor, that I may get an email from my small group leader and I may see some names of people that I may not necessarily agree with or like? Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. But here is the good news, that even in that matter, what God would do, what God would do, God will work it all together for your good and for his glory okay. despite your discomfort despite how awkward it may be despite how uncomfortable it may be he can if you allow him space to be able to come into your heart and change your preference and, and change your mindset to be able to work it for your good and for his glory I want to talk this morning from the subject fitting in fitting in Everybody is looking for a place mm -hmm. to connect. Mm -hmm. Everybody is looking for a place to call home. Even in this cyber sanctuary world, people are still looking for a place mm -hmm. to be able to connect, to be able to call home, to be able to lay down their anchor, to be able to develop roots so that they can be able to grow in their walk with Christ, but to be able to grow in relationship with other people. People are looking for a place to be able to fit in. I love it that the Bible has something to say about that because here, the Apostle Paul here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, he talks about, he uses, he uses, he uses as a way of illustration to paint the picture about the body of Christ. And he uses the human body to help us to be able to see and to understand the functions and the beauty of us being the body of Christ. Look at what he says right there in verse 12. He says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ, verse 13. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we share the same spirit, verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, but not just one. Paul here lets us know, Paul here lets us know that we have different parts, different functions, but we're still a part of one body. We're still a part of just one body, and the beauty beauty of this is this if we are going to fit in if we're going if we're going to find a place to call home if we're going to find a place to lay our anchor so that we can be able to develop roots to be able to grow fitting in means that it's going to take a welcoming atmosphere All right. for people to be able to find 
find their place, to find their niche, to find, to find their place to be able to call home. We made the decision right from the front that we were not going to limit small groups just to members here of the well, but that we were going to use this as an evangelistic tool to be able to reach out to others, even if they have a church home, that they can be a part of our small groups, that our small groups, even for those that may have a different church home and go somewhere else, that this could be an extension of their spiritual growth and development. Please, man, please, sir, I I'm not trying to take nobody from anybody's church because, in fact, I realize that even though God has blessed me to be able to pastor the well, that they don't belong to me. They belong to God. I'm just an under-shepherd that he uses to be able over this flock. But if folks go somewhere else, God bless you. I hope that you grow and develop and become all that God wants you to be because you don't belong to me at all. So please, man, please, sir, don't pass this along and trying to make it seem as if that we're trying to take you away from your church. That's not it at all. If your pastor does not approve of it, then you should not even do it because I don't want no beef with nobody at all. Praise God. I don't want no issues with nobody at all. We're just trying to make space for people to grow in their walk with Christ and also in a relationship with each other. But if we're going to fit in, fitting in means there has to be a welcoming atmosphere. What do you mean, pastor? And letting everybody know that everybody is welcome to the body. Everybody is welcome to find their niche, to find their place, to be able to fit in so they can be able to grow. Because I like what Paul says. Paul lets us know that we all, there are many parts, there are many parts, but we're all one body and we all have different functions and we all have a different role to be able to play. So if we were going to have a welcoming atmosphere, it does not just start with the small group leaders. It starts with those that are a part of the small groups. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I mean, that you and I, if we are participating in small groups, I gotta get some water, saints. It means that we are going to have to make sure that we don't allow our preferences, that we don't allow our biases to cause us to miss out on meeting somebody before we, that will cause us to miss out on growing to know somebody by judging them based off of our first encounter with them or by what somebody else said about them and we've never given them the chance. You've never given, we've never given ourselves the chance to get to know them and develop our own opinion about them. It means that we're going to have to welcome people that may think differently than us. That we're going to have to welcome people that may do things a little bit better than us. That we're going to have to welcome people that may not know everything. That we're going to have to welcome people that all they know is Jesus. Well, that we may have to wel- that we may have to welcome people that are still struggling in some areas that you're not struggling in. But if truth be told, and we roll the tape on you, that there's some areas in your life that you have not mastered yet, but we're still allowing you to be a part of the body that we're going to have to put aside our biases and not be judgmental oh my goodness that we're going to have to put aside our biases and not be judgmental if we are going to develop a a welcoming atmosphere so that others can be able to fit in and find their place let me just say this real quick it is so important that we leave space and that we allow people to be able to grow. That we make space, that we creatively make space 
and we walk out the fruit of the spirit of long suffering and patience and we allow space for people to be able to grow even if that means they make a mistake in their growth process that we make space and we allow space for them to be able to grow well pastor if I do that does that mean that I am I am accepting of their sins or accepting of what they're done no we do it with accountability but we make space and we allow space for people to be able to grow what are you saying pastor nobody's perfect mm-hmm. You're right. and folks are going to make mistakes and we have to make clearance and make space for them to be able to grow in their walk with Christ how why just how God does with us in making space for us to be able to grow he calls it grace and mercy that he gives us, that, that he gives us as we go through life, as we're growing, as we're maturing to become more Christ-like and become everything that he desires for us to be. People are looking for a place to fit in. People are looking for a place to be able to grow. Don't you realize that a, one person attending a small group could literally change their life? That one person being invited to participate in a small group could bring them closer to God, could transform their life, could make a difference in their life, Mm -hmm. could save their soul. So we got to make sure. Got to make sure that we have a welcoming atmosphere so that people can be able to realize and to see that you may have been rejected everywhere else, but here in the body, there is space for you. Here in the body, there is, there, there is room for you. You have a role. You have a function. You're part of a family. Community is not the loss of our individuality. It's a celebration of diversity. Let me say it again. When we are in community, it does not mean that I have to lessen who I am. It does not mean that I have to lose sight of who I am in order to become a part, uh, in order to be united with this small group. No, that's a cult. You don't have to do that. You don't have to lose who you are. You don't have to take on and be in somebody else that you're not. No, you can be your authentic self and we can see how you fit, how you fit within the body and what your role and what your place may be. And then once we do that, then we're able to celebrate the diversity and how we complement one another when it comes to the body, when it comes to our group, when it comes to you being a part of the family. We're going to fit in. Got to make sure that we have this welcoming atmosphere because here's the second thing. The raw reality is this, that fitting in it's hard. I just told you earlier, if I'm having to, if I'm having to adjust, if I'm having to get used to the fact that I'm going to be in a group with some folks that's not my usual pew crew, that I'm going to be with some people that I'm not usually connected with, this is a whole new world that you're asking me to be vulnerable with strangers. You're asking me to be transparent with strangers. You're asking me to open up myself uh-huh. to folks that I don't even know. 
But can I bless you real quick? Even though fitting in is hard, but can I tell you what God does? He works it out for our good and also for our and also for his glory. What God does in community, because get this, and I'm almost done. Community reveals our flaws. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What you say, preacher? Yeah, I'll say it again. Community reveals our flaws. How so, sir? When you're in a small group and you thought that you was all that in the bag of chips, in fact, you thought that you were the potato that made the chips. This is what you've been told all your life, that you're good, you're great, all that. But then you get in the small group and that you begin to see that there's somebody else that can do what you do and do it better. What God does is he's not looking for us to run and jump out of that group and get into another group so that we can be comfortable. Because I told you this a few weeks ago on the first time Monday morning prayer call that we do not grow in comfort. We grow in discomfort. And what God will do is because he knows where we need to be. He knows where we need to be connected to. And what God would do is he will place us in community to be able to reveal our flaws so that we can begin to see how messed up and how jacked up we really are and once we submit that to him and say God I did not realize I was insecure I did not realize I was selfish I did not realize I was competitive what he will do he will use that small group he will use the community of faith that you're connected with Mm -hmm. to help you become less selfish to help you be confident in who you are, to help you not be competitive and realizing I don't have to compete with my brother or sister. Right. We're not here to compete in the kingdom. We're here to complement each other in right. the kingdom. Right. Look at what he says here in verse 15. He says, if the foot says I'm not a part of the body because I'm not the hand, that does, not make it, that does not make it any less of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not the ear, and if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not the, the eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? When we are in community, it wow. reveals our flaws so that God can be able to do a deeper work in our hearts and transforming us so that we can be able to get rid of all, all get rid of all those insecurities and selfishness and competitiveness mm-hmm. so that we can realize. I'm a part of a I'm a part of a body. I'm a part so that we can maybe see the bigger picture of it and realize we're not here to compete. We're here to compliment. Can I tell you, and I'm kind of moving my moving ahead of myself, but can I tell you what's missing now in the body of Christ? Can I tell you what's missing now in the church today? What's missing is honor. Yeah, what's missing is honor. We know, we know, we know, we know when we go to a guest church, man, do I miss afternoon services. Well, some of them, some of them I do. I miss afternoon services, and you have that time when they have the welcome, and they're looking for somebody in the audience to stand. They send up. They say, first, give unto God who's the head of my life, uh, to the pastor, to the associate ministers, to the deacons, mothers, and all that, and then they give their church shout out. Oh, I I, I belong to so-and-so church, my pastor, and all that good stuff. They give honor to where honor is due. Can I tell you something? We have limited honor to spiritual leadership, negating the fact and extending honor to each other. 
honor is not just given to the pastor. It's good to be able to do that. It's great to be able to do that. But the honor that you give the pastor means absolutely nothing when you have issues with your brother or sister that you should be complimenting instead of competing with. All right. And when there's a lack of honor, it's going to be a lack of appreciation. Because I would never see, I would never see, I would never see because I'm blinded by my selfishness, I'm blinded by my insecurities, I'm blinded that you may take my place because you sing better than I sing. You may take my place because you serve better than I serve, but we're blinded by that, that we miss the fact of appreciating the gift that they are to the body and how we can be able to compliment each other instead of compete. Honor is what's missing. In the body of Christ. Mm, to be able not just to be nice nasty with it, but to be able to appreciate the gift down in somebody else. I wish I could sing like the praise team. I wish I could sing like Minister Sheree, but it's all cool in the game because I don't have to. But what we do is we put our gifts together and we compliment each other. They set the stage for me to be able to come with the word of God. We know our role. We know our place and we compliment each other in what we're doing. I don't have to come behind her and try to exhort more and more and try, try to exhort more than what she already has to prove a point that I can do better than she she can. I can appreciate and honor the gift that's down on the inside of them and not be insecure and realize my role and my place and operate and fully function in it. Right. And compliment one another. I can't say to the ear, there's no need for you. The arm can't say to the leg, you ain't needed. The eye can't say, the eye can't say to the nose, Get out of here. Everybody has a role. Everybody has a place. And sometimes what God will do, because God is God, and, and besides him there is no other, what God, he will set certain things up in our life. We thought we were going for one thing, but God said, I got you here because I need to do a work in you. I need to do a work in your heart. I need to rid you of some stuff that's in you, and I'm going to place you in an atmosphere that's opposite that you need so that I can be able to grow you and mature you. All right. And get that other stuff that's out of you that should not be, that's hindering you from being everything that you could be. Well. If we're going to fit in, we got to welcome people. We got to be hospitable. We got to be kind. We got to be compassionate. We can't, we can't, we can't look, we can't size people up and just never give them a chance. You're going based off what somebody else said, but they never told you the whole script. You know, you know, there's three sides to every story, right? Your side, the other person's side, and the truth. If we're going to fit in, it has to be a welcoming atmosphere. If we're going to fit in, it's already hard enough. So I got to, I got to make space. I got to, got to create space and know that I don't have to be insecure. I don't have to be selfish. I don't have to be judgmental. I don't have to be jealous of someone else in that role, in that place. But I can extend honor to them just like I would want them to extend honor to me. 
so that we can begin to see what a beautiful picture it is when the body of Christ operates in their role, in their place to create a beautiful picture of, 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 of a beautiful picture of kingdom diversity and how we're complementing one another. For some of you that's been tuning in week in, week out, you don't even live in Carbon Hill. You don't even live in Southern Illinois. But you've been looking for a place to belong. And God has led you here. It was one click that enticed you. It was one click that got you connected. There's someone that's watching right now. You're looking for a place to lay your anchor so that you can develop roots. It's crazy, but that even in the virtual sanctuaries all over the world, folks are still church hopping. <laughs> We're still finger hopping, trying to find a place. But can I encourage you? Can I tell you something? The rather than you hopping from this stream to that stream, why don't you pray and ask God, God, where do you want me to be? Let me move past my personal preferences. Let me move past my, my consumer mindset and try to figure out what can they do for me. Let me move past that. God, where do you want me to be? There's not going to be a perfect church. It's not going to be a perfect people. But where do you want me to be? And Father, where you want me to go is where I'm going to go. so I can have a place to be able to connect, a place to be able to lay my head. A place to be able to call home. Now, I'm talking about the big church, so to speak. But this is where small groups come in at. Because you may get lost in the crowd on a Sunday, but when you're in a small group, you know, you, you got folks that when they didn't see you on the Sunday, when they didn't see you on the live stream, they didn't see you pop up, they're checking in to see if you're all right. And they're genuine with it. They're not asking, trying, trying to be nosy to find out what's going on. They're genuine about it because they really care about you. They've invested in your life and you've invested in their life. And they're serious about building relationships together. First, if you don't know you being a part of the church, you being a part of a small group means absolutely nothing if you don't have a personal relationship with Christ. Have you asked him into your life? Are you submitting yourself under the lordship of Christ? so that he can do in you what no one else can. If you're not saved, today can be your day of salvation. Right where you are. Doesn't make a difference if you're at home, in your car, in your bedroom, at the kitchen sink. Doesn't make a difference. Today can be your day of salvation. 